Welcome to Good Feels. I'm Phoebe and every single week I'll be dropping three brand new episodes and basically this podcast is just here to serve as a timely reminder for us all that there is so much good in this world. Shut your eyes for a second and visualize a personal trainer. Now, I don't know about you, but in my head, I'm visualizing a stereotypical gym bro who's big juicy arms and a little singlet who loves lifting weights and protein shakes. What about you? Well, I'm about to blow your mind and abolish every stereotype you may have had about personal trainers out of the water by introducing you to Michael Adams. Brisbane personal trainer with a heart as big as his biceps is changing young lives one push-up at a time. Michael Adams coaches people with a disability, helping them improve their confidence, independence, social skills and strength through exercise. My name is Michael Adams. I am a strength and rehab coach for athletes with special needs and... Uh, I have the best job on the planet. It's it's pretty cool. And that is exactly what I want to talk to you about today. <laughs> so let's go back to the very start. What was it initially that made you want to be a personal trainer? And because you do have this kind of niche, I guess, and you've specialised in people with special needs, was that something that you set out with the intention to do when you got your PT qualifications or did it just kind of happen organically? It was completely organic and completely left field. So when I was leaving high school, uh, I'd already studied Japanese for five years and was very into building computers and computer programming. So I was going to go to uni and do a double degree in uh, computer programming and Japanese. But I remember I was walking through the neighborhood with my mom like after school one day. She's like, oh, like, I think you'd be a really good PT. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Uh, and she's like, oh, you know, the biggest loser, like Steve the Commando and stuff. And I was like, why do you think you only lost 2.7 kilos? Keep pedaling, get it up there. Keep it above 80. Probably because I didn't train hard enough. You really think it was just because you weren't training hard enough? I don't know. I really don't know. You think you were overeating? I was thinking too much. That could be kind of fun. So we looked up courses and, and did the courses and stuff. And, and yeah, fun fact now, I've, I've ran... Um, I've ran two workouts with Steve the Commando now, which is pretty cool. No yeah, way. that was really like real full circle. That kind must of have thing. made your mum so proud coming yeah. so full circle. It was pretty sweet. It was pretty sweet. I thought I was going to be, you know, the the uh, strength guy for the Broncos or, yeah. you know, for like a soccer team. Yeah, move or, over, Commando. I've come to take yeah, your job. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I'll be on the biggest loser. And yeah, and now like I I like count push ups and sing the wiggles and stuff, and it's it's the best time. So it's it's just so far away from what I thought I'd be doing and I literally would never do anything else. Dancing around to the Wiggles is definitely not the image I had conjured in my mind of a personal trainer. I was more thinking about the boys that are dancing around music festivals and their teeny tiny little singlets. But as I said, Michael is no ordinary personal trainer. It's pretty wild to also think that he didn't have the intention of specialising in the area that he's in today. It was actually something that came to him organically when he was just working in the gym as a manager. I went into the PT side of things for... Uh, f at least four years before I even kind of met the the uh, athletes at the special school, and uh, and then yeah, uh, we had a teacher come in one day. I was uh, then the kind of personal training manager at the at the club I was at, and uh, we had a teacher come in one day saying, "Hey, we've got a bunch of grade twelvers, um, you know, in our um, our special school, and they're getting you know a little less active, and we want them to have good habits when they leave school." can you teach us how to do the gym thing? And uh, and I tried giving it off to my other PTs and none of them had the qualification. And funnily enough, I did. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll do it. And um, yeah, I had my first hour and a half of them, I think uh, the following week. And man, I was hooked. And um, yeah, some of the guys in that class, I still to this day see at least once a week. 
specifically, I want to ask you about Talitha because I've had the pleasure of seeing you actually training Talitha and it is the most incredible thing to watch. Yeah, uh, little Talitha is pretty amazing. There we go. All right. You lay down for me. So Talitha came to me originally after she had a hip surgery. So she had a hip replacement on this side and we need to do a whole bunch of rehab. You're right, you're going to sit there? Yeah. Need to do a whole bunch of rehab so that she didn't have to use her wheelchair anymore and we've been working on pretty much every muscle that wraps around the outside of that so we do these little ones here ready kick and hold one and down go two good uh, but yeah so Talitha I met uh, after that first year of, of meeting the Aspley Special School and I got the pleasure of meeting her there and, and I helped out her her and all of her schoolmates and uh, she has a, uh, a bunch of difficulties in her life. But uh, when she finally graduated school, I got to go to a formal, which was really cool. I got to give her a little as award. As her date? Uh, not quite as her date. No, I did have my, my partner at the time uh, did come along with me. But in, in Talitha's eyes, we got a, we got a <laughs> hug and, you know, I got to give her an award. And, and you know, so that was really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, still to this day, I think, yeah, five, five years later, I've been looking after Talitha at the gym and now she's, kind of out of her wheelchair not just because of me there's a big network of of people helping her out and physios and things um but yeah now she's out of her wheelchair and she's walking and um she can carry a a ball which is enough to kind of carry things around the house by herself without needing aid we're gonna work out today yeah sound good give me yeah. five yeah where's your muscles that you show me with that oh big muscles are we gonna work hard yeah so why do we use the ball you make my legs stronger. Make your legs stronger, that's right. And so is that you can carry what? My iPad. Your iPad around the house. My favourite videos of you and Talitha is, as you said, on your Thursdays you walk around Chermside Shopping Centre yes. with you bribing her with hot chocolate at the end of her walk so she finished <laughs> yes. taking her steps. Yes, and it actually worked. And it worked an absolute treat too. So I don't really want to use that weapon like every week because she'll start getting bored of it. <laughs> hey guys, you know what the best motivation for doing a fast lap is? What is it? What do we got at the end? Yeah, a hot chocolate. We're going for a hot chocolate. It's all the way down the other end down there, but you're going to nail it, aren't you? Yeah. Give me a tap. Fingers. Yeah, but how good are hot chocolates though? And are you telling me that if your personal trainer didn't bribe you with hot chockeys and sweet treats, you wouldn't keep them around for a little bit longer? Because I know I definitely would. But when I think back to my history with personal trainers, my relationships with them haven't really lasted past 12 months, purely because we just maintained a very trainer-client relationship. But when I hear the way Michael talks about the people that he trains, it's really obvious that he is such an intangible part of their lives and above all else, he's just their mate. So uh, Alex Prokopis, uh, I know you, you've seen him on our, our socials a bit as well. Uh, so he's a, a young fella. He was actually my first ever client. So between him and his uh, best friend, Joe, to the very first uh, lot of guys that we had. And uh, we started training together. So after about six months, the parents approached us saying, hey, we did this two-on-one. And I was like, oh, man, that sounds fantastic. And from having those two, everything else grew. And so I've had Alex for a very, very long time, about seven years now. And so he feels like a brother to me and, and it's fantastic. And um, he is uh, nonverbal. Uh, he doesn't really like to speak at all. He can speak little words, uh, but he'll be very, very quiet with it. And uh, But one of the, I think, big wins we had we had our formal, so we run like a formal at the end of each year for the guys now. We've, uh, we've got our third one coming up at the end of this year. And uh, on the very first formal, his his dad and I were a little worried about getting him up on the stage to give him his award. 
he, you know, uh, Alex has a fear of heights as well. So even getting him into the building in the first place required his support workers to bring him in earlier in the week to sit down in the place and to walk in the front doors and for him to sit down with a drink and just absorb everything. So he knew it was a more familiar place because if you tried walking him in on the night for the first time, he probably wouldn't have went in. So there's all these little obstacles to get through before he even got to the stage of trying to get up on the stage. And, and yeah, he made it. So it was really cool. Uh, he's, a, he's a great young lad and yeah, I'll, I'll probably train him forever. That's a boy, there we go. Good. Oh, he's good. Good work, buddy, cover five. Yeah. Here we go, Alex, do you want to try? No? Alex at one stage didn't want to let go of the treadmill. He was so petrified and so he's never really wanted to get it again. We haven't been able to break that fear. Hey buddy, you all right? Hey, you okay? You okay? You're a bit scared of this one? Yeah? And so, can I just say, yourself? he is a very strong lad because I've seen him deadlift and yeah. he leaves me for dead. Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Um, Actually, yeah, that's one of the things we're working on at the moment. So we have a, a deadlift competition next week at uh, the Eka. I think he did like a 47 and a half kilo deadlift for like five reps on uh, wow. last last Thursday. That was amazing. His best he's ever done is 50, but he's a complete spaghetti noodle worth of tension. <laughs> Can so. I ask something that might be a bit of a personal question, but you just have such an incredible relationship with these athletes and <laughs> the way that you connect with them. And it's very much kind of problem solving from your perspective as well and fighting, being creative and finding ways to help them progress. Yeah. Do you have a background or experience in your life with people with special needs? Um, a little bit. Uh, so my, my cousin, Corey, uh, he's autistic and uh, I kind of grew up with him. He's a couple years older than me. And uh, so, you know, I interacted with him a lot when I was a kid and, you know, he was, he was kind of able to, to speak a little bit, loved singing the Bee Gees and, and things like that. Um, but, you know, like he would kind of mumble a few words and then have a laugh with you and you just kind of have a laugh and, you know, he could understand you. Input was great. Um, output was, you know, kind of average at, at times, um, but he was always a happy lad and things like that. And he was just a part of the family, right? Mm. So like there was no, no ever, you know, like, oh, well, we're just going to pop Corey in the corner and we're going to go do our own thing. No, he was always involved in things and my family was really great for that. Growing up around that, I guess I really just had this kind of appreciation of like, oh, like, He's just a family member, man. He's just a human. Like you just do what you can. Yeah. And then, yeah, my uh, my little brother, uh, Bailey, he's uh, diagnosed autistic as well. So I guess it did make a big difference. Now I, now I think about it. Honestly, Michael is just one of those incredible people who just makes you genuinely want to be a better person. And if you're sitting there wondering how you can be as happy and passionate as he is, there are so many ways you can do it. Whether it's donating your time to a non-for-profit or even just sharing your skill set with someone who wants to learn more from you, that is where passion and purpose is found and it will make you such a better person. Thank you so much for tuning in again today. I hope you love the podcast as much as we love making it for you. Remember, rate it, write a lovely review and subscribe now so you never miss an episode. I know this might be hard to articulate, but what do you love the most about what you do? I think it's seeing the seeing the the faces of achievement. I think is huge. I like every Monday morning my alarm goes off, and I'm so happy to go to work. Like I don't have those days where I, my alarm goes off and I think, oh god, I got to drag myself out of bed and stuff. Um, I love going to work every day. <laughs>